The Jen, Gabe and Chewy podcast is sponsored by Celsius Energy Drink, and I am here to tell you it makes a huge difference in my mornings. With a unique blend of essential energy and key vitamins, Celsius is your partner to an active lifestyle. My favorite, the peach vibe. Learn more at Celsius.com and pick up Celsius Energy Drinks today. Are you bleeping serious? You try shaving me? What happened? What do you mean, what happened? Did you just belch into the microphone? Yeah, but Joshy said, he told me, um, when he says Mike's on, it's like a two second delay. So obviously, there's not not a two second delay. Even a little bit. Again, Aaron Rodgers play cock manipulation (laughs) clock. I said clock. I didn't say clock, but I meant to say clock. (laughs) Jeepers. I meant to say clock. (laughs) You had to wait until your college game day associate decided to hang up the phone. And now it's, oh, Jen can say whatever she wants, Sour. <laughs> such a slip. <laughs> That's this a is thousand just a... times worse than Chewy just straight belching into the microphone. But you this found is... a way to take Chewy off the hook. This show is such a purge for her because she's got to be all dainty and nice on college game day, and she's just. Oh. I think there was a part of it was like, don't let him steal the spotlight, Jen. Don't you let him. Like this very nefarious, tiny voice in my head that was like, and play. Anyway, reacting to Jeff Halfley being the new defensive coordinator for your Green Bay Packers. Lots of reaction rolling in. I think people are excited about it. Uh, I know Jason said, we'll see. We can't know for sure if it's going to work out. People were probably excited when Joe Barry got the call as well and said he was going to be aggressive and all of the same things that you want to hear from a defensive coordinator when they get the job. But this little nugget from our friend Pete Thamel, who joined us just a few moments ago here on Jen, Gabe, and Chewy. If you missed any of that, you can find it on Wisconsin On Demand. This little nugget I thought was valuable when you consider who Jeff Halfley is and what the league thinks of him. Take a listen. Yes, you know, he, he's been sought after the past couple seasons for defensive coordinator jobs. This isn't the first NFL franchise who's, uh, who's come after Jeff Halfley. There was even one, one franchise two or three years ago that looked at him to be the head coach. Um, it didn't get far down the road. So he, he's been, again, is he a coveted guy like teams are fighting for him? No, but he's a guy whose names emerge. What, what happens with these lists is that the college head coaches don't tend to be on the lists because if it got out that Jeff Halfley was interviewing for the Packers job, for example, it would undercut BC recruiting. Like It's hard for head coaches to move, and that's why when head coaches like this do move, it happens quietly and quickly. Chew, after hearing from Pete Thamel talk about Jeff Halfley, does that make you more excited or optimistic about the hire? Uh, yes, it's you know nice to hear that he has been sought after and he's so highly regarded. Uh, that I, I, like Jason said, we have no idea. It's kind of like the draft, right? Which is shocking that Goody's draft of last year, you could probably grade them right now, right, Gabe? Mm-hmm. Where it typically takes three years in order for them to do it. I mean, in, in fairness, we thought that a lot of those guys from two years ago were going to take a huge step forward this year and really didn't. Yeah, but you'd be shocked next year if this class, this last, this rookie class tanks. Well, right? I, I, I'm, I'm expecting some to step forward. I'm not expecting all. I, I, who, who, whomst among that? But yes, like same thing with the previous draft class. I think they're pretty good draft classes. We have to see how they continue to grow. 
the thing that I'm excited about here, because again, when Joe Barry was hired, like the only time something like this happens, I think the only time you can be really negative or question it is when you hire someone like Joe Barry, who had four years of defensive coordinator experience in the NFL that were all bad. And now you're hoping as a fan, well, he's probably not going to be good. He's got resume of crap. So hopefully, hopefully we're wrong and he's going to be good. And it wasn't the case in this case. Again, I haven't heard a bad word about Jeff Hefley in the 12 to 14 hours it's been since this news broke. So it's like he is going to get every benefit of the doubt until proven otherwise at this point, which is exciting. Yeah, but you got to give him time, though. A hundred percent. I mean, you can't give him three games and go, oh, we got another Joe Barry. It takes time for him to instill and install this defense well, until he gets the pieces he wants in place. you got you got to be patient. And I know that's going to be hard to do after the great season they had this past year. We're expecting a ton, but you got to give him a little bit of time. Well, and I think you got to be maybe even a little bit more patient, too, and this is something we've talked about with the young guys on the roster as well. Because of the CBA, you don't get as much time anymore. So even when you have a new guy coming in and reinstalling everything, yeah, maybe it's going to be flashes here and there, but it's going to take even a little bit more time than when you were playing. Can I be honest with you, though? That's where I actually love the fact that he's coming from the college game, directly from the college game. Because what do you got to do in college that you don't necessarily have to do, but you should do in the NFL? Develop. And I think he actually likes yeah. the development. In fact, if you're reading between the lines of all of these comments that are out there about him and his sort of reluctance to stay in the college game because of all of the changes, look, you only have so much bandwidth, right? It sounds like Jeff Hathley wants a lot of his bandwidth going towards coaching and developing. And the college game isn't allowing that anymore, right? So much of it is not just recruiting, which it has always been, managing name image like us, and then retention, right? So all of a sudden that bandwidth is shifting. This guy wants to develop talent. Green Bay is a young team. This is perfect. It is perfect for him to be able to go in, and even though he doesn't have the time that you're saying, because, you know, in college you actually have a huge training camp, you have all offseason and whatnot, I think he's going to relish the opportunity to bring young talent in and develop them. But the question becomes, and this is too where I want to go back to you, you're really good at how long the lease should be. So do you expect the defense to actually regress this year? And then take, you know, what did we talk about? Slingshot, right? Regress this year because you got a new guy in there. You know that your personnel doesn't exactly fit his scheme. You're going to need to go out and get guys who are going to have to take steps and evolve as players. Do you expect it to regress a little before it takes off, Chew? I wouldn't say regress. I would say stay the same, maybe. Yes. Because he's going to get there and got, he's going to say, God, I really love to play cover one. Love it. But I can't put this guy on an island because he's not my guy and he can't get it done. So he's going to be restricted in some of the things he likes to call just from a personnel standpoint. And the difference between college and the pro, and he has been on the pro level, but he hasn't been a coordinator. Bad players in the NFL are good, right? When you're at Boston College and you're playing Pitt, how many guys from Pitt – are going to the NFL. Well, why wouldn't we say Boston College to be perfectly? Oh, you're well, saying defense because yeah, <laughs> because he's playing. They're playing. I was gonna Pitt. say. I'm it, guessing you know more I'm guys saying? from Pitt are going to the NFL than yeah. BC. Big guy. Ah, uh, take that on. 
How oh, far are you going to go back, though? Yeah, yeah, I mean, I want to go back to I'll go back as far Donovan as I need with to to win the argument, to be perfectly honest with you. I do want to hear from Mike Golick Jr., who was on his show. Is it Vizen Live? Is that the name of the he show? He was a guest on Vizen Live. Vizen Live. Thank you very much. Where He was talking about his experience and what he thinks Jeff Halfley will bring to the Green Bay Packers. Take a listen. D coordinator job for Jeff Halfley? Yeah, D coordinator. He'll be the Packers D coordinator. Man, I tell you what, chaos around the line of scrimmage when I think of Jeff Halfley. His best days at Ohio State beforehand, but at Boston College, bodies up around the line of scrimmage, a bunch of former first-round talent in that front seven. I'd be very excited about that if I was a Packers fan. I love it. I love the excitement that Gojo brings. I want to get him back on the show. Like yeah, I was about to say, to I miss Gojo. And, and, and I love that he immediately was like, when he was at Ohio State, this was the scheme. When he was handling Boston College, this was the scheme. And this, to me, sounds like something that Packers fans have been wanting, have been craving, Gabe. Chaos around the line of scrimmage. That should get you excited. Just because when you think of the Packers at the line of scrimmage, I don't know, really the last decade, chaos was probably the farthest word from your mind. Stale, stagnant. I know there were one of the complaints of, of Joe Barry was lack of movement, lack of stunting from your front seven. You know, we thought that this year they were going to be creative with Quay Walker. It was like, oh, hush, hush during the offseason in a training camp. Oh, 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 are you going to use Quay Walker differently this year? Mm, there's no answer from the positional coach. And then they didn't use Quay Walker any differently than they had used him the previous year. Well, I, I think very early on this next season, Gabe, it's it's going to put your theory to the test whether there is talent on this defense or not. Because, I, I mean, with chaos, right, comes big plays if you don't have the personnel. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So we're going to see... Uh, if these players under Joe Barry's uh, defense were underutilized or they just weren't good enough. Well, I think we're going to find that out very early. But I guess I'll, I'll ask you guys this. What, what kind of defense would you rather have? One where it's chaos around the line of scrimmage. You've got opportunities to make big plays. Because the, the, the biggest issue I had with Joe Barry's defense was, all right, keep everything in front of you. You're not making big plays. No, I know. Like you're not I, setting anybody up to go get that big turnover. And when you think about big runs here in the postseason, it's the defenses that have made those plays. Like, you know, the, the Niners, and granted, Jordan Love helped them. Those two interceptions were huge. And the Packers' lack of turnovers loomed large in that game. I want a defense, yeah, maybe you give up the 80-yard bomb on occasion, but I want the opportunity to potentially make that game change. And Chua, you have always talked about setting the tone, right? From everything Mm -hmm. that we have read, and again, a lot of this is just us gathering information, talking to people who either are familiar with his coaching scheme or who have, have actually been around him. He's a press coverage guy. Don't we like the idea of setting the tone at the line of scrimmage? Don't we like the idea of those defensive players kind of getting up in there and throwing off the receivers and throwing off the pass catchers? Like we like the idea of setting the tone defensively so that those that those offensive players think twice as they're running their routes. Think twice before they're going out there and trying to make plays. Yeah. That to me is exciting. I love the idea of aggressiveness and also adaptability because that was the challenge of course was Yes, this is what you run, but when you get thrown something else, you need to be able to maneuver. You need to be able to switch and and shift, and that wasn't always the case with these Packers defenses, right? They kind of did what they did, and they did what they did, and they did what they did. And I like the idea of he has an adaptability to, we're not always just going to do what we do. We are, we'll take what the offense is giving us and hopefully have the personnel to be able to respond to that as well, too. But we're going to find out. I mean, Goody's going to be put to the test here right, is Quay Walker, who I think of 
potential chaos at the line of scrimmage, is he going to be Fred Warner or is he going to be Skeeter Lutz? <laughs> We're going to find that out. Is it a real right? person? No. Skeet? That's that's Chewie's no, go-to made-up main, main no, name. No, it's a real name, Gabe. Skeeter Lutz? Google it. You know, and then these corners, Jen. Hey, I like my guys on an island. Well, can the Ballantyne? We know Jair can do it. Can the other defensive backs play on an island? I don't know. We're going to find out. And if they can't, then they're going to be gone. So is this going to be a two-year project, or is this going to be half a season product project? We're going to find that out. What does your gut tell you? A little bit of both. <laughs> right smack in the middle? Yeah, so guy. a one-year project? I mean, I think Great you're going to find... Well, you just find... built yourself up there and then just decided to ride the fence. No, oh, you're no, going to find some players were underachieving. You're going to be a wow. And then you're going to have some players like, he, this guy can't play in the system. I'm sorry. You know who I'd like to have back? And I'm sure. kind of like to have Razul back. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Right? Yeah. I mean... He, he he fits what I'm hearing from Halfley with Jair. I don't know, but we're going to find out. And Gabe, is Skeeter Lutz real? I mean, was there a person who went by Skeeter Lutz? Yes. Uh, were there any Skeeter Lutzes that I have found of professional or celebrity notes? Absolutely not. Okay. So is that a win for the big guy? Or? So there's a it's... Skeeter Lutz Memorial Scholarship at... Oh, that's fake. <laughs> I think it's half a cup. It's at Boston College, isn't it? Yeah, it's no, Chewy's it's Scholarship. He couldn't put it in his name, so he put it in Skeeter Lutz's name. Is Orange Skeeter Lutz County the name that you use when you check into a hotel? Is that what we're finding out? No, but Brett's used Leo Yelly, which is I think he still does today, too. Who was the mail guy, the mail guy at the, the Packer office. All right. I told you guys about my sauna that I perked up at the uh, Wisconsin State Fair, right? Because I keep talking about it because it actually works. I love having the ability of just going into my basement, turning the sauna on, sitting in it for 30 minutes, and feeling better about my day. Why? Because my skin looks better. I am sleeping better. Recovery is better. I find that after I do a workout, if I get in the sauna, I don't have the achiness in my joints that I used to deal with. Across the board, the sauna has been a great purchase, and I got it for my friends over at Good Health Saunas. If you are in the market, and I know that it is an investment, but it is an investment in your health and longevity, check out my friends over at goodhealthsaunas.com. On the website, you can see all of the infrared saunas that they offer, the two-person, the three-person, and you can see if it's something that would work for you and your lifestyle. More information on their website, it's goodhealthsaunas.com, goodhealthsaunas.com. Top 8 at 8, coming up next. The top eight at eight. Name something that follows the word pork. You pie. Huh? One category. Name something people take with them to the beach. Turkey. The, f- the top eight answers. The first thing you buy in a supermarket. Uh, turkey. <laughs> the top eight at eight. A food often stuffed. Turkey. <laughs> the top eight at eight on Jen, Gabe, and Chewy. Name Popeye's favorite food. The top eight at eight on Jen, Gabe, and Chewy.
All right, Gabe, what do we got going on today? Let's make things in front of me. You and Chew guess back and forth once you each get one incorrect. Then we open it up to the fans, 800-990-3776. Whoever gets the last one on the list gets the prize pack courtesy of ESPN Milwaukee. So it's an ESPN Milwaukee prize pack. Just looking for the last eight Packers defensive coordinators. Uh, so Joe Barry. Joe Barry was the coordinator from 21 to 23. Are we including the new defensive coordinator or st- Joe Barry's number one Joe on Joe Barry list? is number one on the okay, list. Great. Good to know. Um, the guy that got fired. Mike Petton was the defensive coordinator from 2018 to 2020. Dom Capers was there when I was covering the Dom team. Dom Capers, 09 to 17. Uh, Sanders. Bob Sanders, number four, 06 to 08. Back, 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 back. You guys got the top four. Donatell. Number seven on the list from 2000 to 2003. Shoot, shoot. And just so you know, I might I might be out, so. Who the hell was our D coordinator under Ray? Ha, he, ha, ha, ha. Hold on, Gabe. Okay. What the hell was it? Was it Greg Blash? It was not. That is incorrect. Okay. <laughs> Chewy is out. Yeah, and I'm pretty close. So <laughs> re- reset the list for me, please. Barry Patton, Caper Sanders, and Donatel is seven. Crap, he already guessed Bob Sanders. Yeah. Definitely out. <laughs> uh, oh, I but, know who it was. Sorry. Who I what was? The defensive under, coordinator under yeah. railroads. Yep. I got nothing. I just can't go back any further. 800-990-3776. So you're out? Yeah, I'm out. All right. I, I thought you guys might have an opportunity to run it, but the second that Chewy got the defensive coordinator under Ray Rhodes, I was kind of counting on you to get that one right, bud. Yeah. Since, you know, he was a coach on a team you played on. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Uh, so we just need five, six, and eight. The last eight Packers defensive coordinators. Joe Barry, one. Mike Petton, two. Dom Capers, three. Bob Sanders, four. And Ed Donatel was number seven. 800-990-3776. Let's go out to Mike in Franklin. Mike, you're up first on Jen, Gabe, and Chewy. Can you complete our top eight at eight list? Uh, I just want to reset the list to make sure I got it right. You got Barry, Petton, Capers, Sanders, and Donatel. Is that correct? Correct. Okay, I'm going to go with uh, Jim Bates. Jim Bates was the uh, Packers yeah. defensive coordinator in 2005. Bob Slowick. Bob Slowick was 2004. Thought you guys might get that since Bobby Slowick has been. His son yeah. has been in the cycle, and he's staying in Houston as the offensive coordinator. And, and then my final selection is uh, Emmett Thomas. Emmett Thomas was oh, the defensive was coordinator. Wrong. That's in 1999, under Ray Rhodes. Yeah. Wait, so even the second guess you had was going to be yeah. incorrect? Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> he was a D coordinator at Carolina. What the hell was his name? I want to make sure that we're clear on this. You were on the team. In I fairness, know. in fairness, he got and hurt I early love, in the season. I love Emmett Thomas. He is the greatest. <laughs> no, you don't. Yes, you, I do. You he don't came even from remember. Buffalo. I knew Emmett Thomas before he came to us in '99. Great guy. And the other guy, white, fat, D-line coach. Not I'm, fat. I'm not, I'm not, I'm not as familiar with the 1999 the coaching staff. I th- he was the D-line coach. No sure. idea. Husky and bulky. Yes. Rotund? Uh, yes. <laughs> Rebound? D-line. <laughs> Are we talking about Andy Reid here? <laughs> 
guess that would have been the other side, huh? All right, Chew, that was really embarrassing for you and I, <laughs> but Mike was our big winner today. More embarrassing for Chew. Well, I mean, you guys got the team. Yeah, that's your coach. Like, I mean, Bates and Slowick—they were both only there for a year. I yeah. get it. Right? Mike, like, tra- Mike tra- Tregovac. Yeah. Oh, Tregovac. Tregovac. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah. Well, I mean, he was eventually a defensive or uh, coordinator, so I kind of get it half right. I mean, uh, maybe I'll give you a quarter right. Will you take it? I'll give you a quarter. I'll give you a yeah. point point two five points. God, I forgot Emmett Thomas. Great guy. Somebody that you supposedly loved and enjoyed. I did. You know how I knew him? Through Jim Kelly. Not because he was... Chewie's got a little Forrest Gump in him, doesn't he? What's that? Where you just like have all these like touch points into NFL history because you played in the league. Like you've got a Jim Kelly story, or you know Emmett Thomas through Jim Kelly, or, oh yeah, I know this guy through this guy. It's just like... It's more Kevin Bacon than anything. Well, have you seen Forrest Gump where he just like pops up in random spots? Like yeah. that's you. Like suddenly all the like all of a sudden like you're partying with Jim Kelly. Can I just get to more reaction to the hiring of Jeff Halfley? Yeah. <laughs> we have more reaction rolling in on the ESPN Milwaukee talk and text line. Let's see, let's see. Justin in Jacksonville saying, listen to the podcast he was on with Brenneman. Dude just wants to coach ball. He was over everything else as a head coach and everything that college football is now. He wants to coach guys for four or five. Can't now because of the transfer portal. I'm guessing four to five years is what he means there, um, which I guess you could get that luxury in the NFL as well. Uh, let's see. Craig weighing in saying, sign Jordan and Jones up to deals, then go get Buda Baker right after that. I'm seeing a lot of Buda Baker love on the ESPN Milwaukee talk and text line. You guys in on Buda Baker? Yeah, it's it, it's going to be interesting to see what they do to kind of clear up cap space. I know, I think it was Silverstein or, or Doherty uh, uh, over at um, JS Online had an article yesterday kind of breaking down, because right now, as it stands, the Packers would be over the cap. Now, there are plenty of things, like it's not an issue, they can get under the cap, but depending upon the moves, they can push a bunch of money out into the future and get some money now to potentially sign someone, or do they try to keep it close to the vest as possible, not really sign any big names, and try to make sure that you remain cap healthy and you're not paying cap charges super into the future? Well, I, not you. it sounds like the draft isn't going to be the way to go. Well, but I am seeing safeties. that safety, yeah. the free agent market might be decent. Yeah, safety, the, safety yeah. The, the free agent safety market is pretty good. What's the top free? What's a top safety make, though? Is he up into the... Buda Baker was making fifty nine million. Okay. Moment of silence for the old, for the old fifty nine million. I do have a really interesting reaction here from DJ. He says the scheme issue that bothers me most is that the four three defense requires unicorns at defensive end, guys big enough to handle the run yet fast enough to rush the passer. God made very few of those unicorns, and the ones that do exist cost so much they can wreck your salary cap. That from DJ in the saw. But they don't have to go straight. I mean, just a version. Like those those teams I read off, Gabe, last week or whatever. Yeah. They're not strictly 4-3. They no. just play a version of 4-3. And then you keep you, you keep from putting um, Rashad Gary and Preston Smith or Lucas Van Ness in tough situations because they're not going to cover anybody. Yeah. I, the, the hope is, I think, that Van Ness, because the dude's nickname is Hercules – if you're that big, like that's the guy you're hoping kind of develops into that unicorn of he's big, he's fast. It's the reason why the Packers drafted him because he has all these attributes. You just hope you can coach that up now at the NFL level and he can but be a game can, record. Can, can I just say this because I was one? No, you can't say that word, actually. Uh, he, what do you stiff, think he was going to say? Little, little oh, things stiff. you can't say. 
You said you don't know what you yeah, can and you can't said, say. He's a big white stiff, is what C you're trying word. to say. <laughs> well, come on. To be fair, there are multiple C words. Uh, yeah. I do want to make sure. Okay, <laughs> let's go to break. I think I think wasting time thinking about four three versus three four is sort of a fool's errand in today's NFL. I just think, yeah, the basic can be great, but if you look at anything he did, he, uh, Halfley, he played a lot of nickel. The same exact thing that Joe Barry did. It's just he went about it in a little bit of a different way. I think you just. Add talent. The Packers sure seem to be a little light on the talent scale. Otherwise, they would be better at the defense. So you just need to get better, and you hope this guy can take them there. I think that this Buda Baker thing is really intriguing. Can you go out and trade for Buda Baker? Um, they got the capital. I mean, is he? Well, how old is he? Twenty-seven. Yeah, twenty-eight. Ah, uh, that's prime. So you're first round. Right. But yeah, if there's oh, yeah. no but if there are no safeties in the draft that you think are difference makers, and this is the scheme this guy wants to run, don't you need to have that type of player there to kinda build it all around? I know you need the guys up front as well. I don't want to sit here and minimize that. Um, well it Jen, it's 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 the Ron Wolf, uh Fritz Shermer. That's the kind of defense he wants where their philosophy was really good D line two good corners, one good safety. It's just if you feel like you need to move on from Jonathan Owens and you feel like you need to move on from like a Darnell Savage, you you need to reload that unit quick. Well, yeah, but I mean, you can get Darnell Savage and Jonathan Owens is But they weren't anywhere. good enough. Well, that's what I'm saying. Like, you can get those guys anywhere. Like, those are just guys. So yeah. you're not just reloading, you're upgrading. Yeah, you got to find a way to upgrade that position. Does, does Buda Baker fit the center fielder free safety? I thought he was more like he can play outside linebacker, inside linebacker, slot. Like, I thought he was more of a strong safety versus Well, that's free what safety. you want because t- typically your free safety is always your center fielder and not as good a player. Your strong safety is the one who's who's coming up into the box and, and playing uh, tight end or, or whatever. Your free safety is just a center fielder. Unless you have the luxury of being a really, really good one. Yeah, like Ed Reed. Yeah. All right, so from, again, so I've gathered here, we, we want Ed Reed and we want Earl Thomas and Leroy Butler. Those are the three we're looking but for. But those are strong, though. With a splash of Buda Baker. <laughs> With a sprinkle in <laughs> some just Buda. like the name. Buda Baker? Yeah, I like the other one, Stones, although his name should have been Stones. Who are you talking Someone about? I put it on the text line the other day. Yeah. From Baltimore. We'll have to go back and look at that one. Stones? Gabe, handle your business. Bunzel's Meat Market, 90th and Burleigh in Milwaukee, so you should be making plans to visit Bunzel's this week, and you can pick up some great deals they have going on. Get a USDA Choice Angus Tri-Tip Roast, just $14.99 a pound. I'm going to be swinging by and picking up one of these. A USDA Certified Prime Angus Beef Brisket. The Packer Cut is $8.99 a pound, and the Flat Cut Fifteen ninety nine a pound. I love getting a brisket, throwing it on the smoker. You know, that might be a good idea for the big game happening next weekend. You can get trimmed whole pork tenderloin, six ninety nine a pound. Also stop in for a fantastic lunch from the delis at Bunzel's. I typically go with the roast beef sandwich, but they've got a lot of great deals as well. 90th and Burleigh, you won't regret it. Check out Bunzel's.com for specials, store hours, and more. This is Jen, Gabe, and Chewy. How do you get to 10 in NFL in the football game? How do you do that? Uh, you can have five safeties. 
That's a great point. Um, which would also be a great endorsement for Derek Carr. Two field goals, Continue. two safeties. Two field goals, two also safeties. Also a great endorsement for the quarterback. Continue. Yes. What else do we have? Um, On 94.5 ESPN. We had Pete Thamel on about an hour ago, and his big takeaway from the Jeff Halfley hire is that college football is in a bit of trouble. And he's not the only one, honestly. Uh, I saw Kirk Herbstreet tweeting yesterday that, like, this is probably the biggest shot across the bow for college football. The fact that these coaches who are head coaches at the Division One level are going, I'm out. I'm not doing it anymore. I'm going to go take a coordinator job in the NFL because things have gotten so crazy here and and I'm not running the show anymore, right? Like, you know who's running the show? The collectives are running the show. The NIL collectives are running the show. The transfer portal is running the show. The athletes are running the show. And you can sit there and have an argument about, well, they should have had more power in this process uh, over the years. Yes, but with no guardrails, I understand why coaches like Jeff Halfley, even though they're making... Decent money. What were the numbers we pulled up this morning for what we think Halfley was making at so Boston College? His first contract, uh, BC, was $3 million. He got a raise that was undisclosed in 2021, so probably 4 or $5 million, some, somewhere in that range. And, Joshy, you were using another barometer to say you were pretty certain of how much Jeff Halfley was going to be making as the defensive coordinator of the Packers, and that was... How much does Rich Passaccia get paid? I think it's three. Yeah, so we're going to be north of that. <laughs> Joshy, what was your line from this morning, though? I don't remember. He goes, he goes, I control the whole defense. <laughs> I coach the whole defense. Yeah. <laughs> so, yes, I mean, that's that's he was probably making good money at BC. You're in charge. You're the guy. You're the CEO of a program. Yeah, maybe you're never going to be in the college football playoff, but you're bowl eligible, and that's what your fan base and your boosters have conditioned themselves to care about. But they're jumping ship game. And again, for us right now, we're talking about the new defensive coordinator. There's a whole sect of sports people today who are talking about the problems in college football that the Jeff Halfley move has ignited. I wonder if that's the next thing they actually do. You, you said the words CEO. You're like the CEO. I wonder if they start hiring actual like CEOs that kind of oversee the football program, don't coach almost like a general manager in the NFL. And you, then you have your coaching staff, and it starts to look a little bit more like that, where it's up to the CEO, general manager, whatever you want to call that position, to kind of work on retaining, putting together the roster, and the coaches can just coach. My guess is that's the next move for college football, because look, they're not, they're not going to come around to any sort of guardrails for NIL. Like, they decided to wipe their hands of that the yeah, second yeah. that it became legal. They, they just sat on their hands, pretended like it wasn't going to happen, and now that it's all happening, good luck making rules about it. Yeah, but they, they, can't, they can't do this because they were part of the problem. When you get recruited by a coach and you sell yourself to the family and the kid and then you jump ship after one year, don't sit there and tell me it's NIL. You started the problem, and it all begins with Emmert in the NCAA because they didn't want to pay these kids. They wanted all the money coming to them. So don't sit here and bitch about NIL and Transfer Portal because now it's finally fair for the athlete, and now you're blaming them after you were part of the problem. But if your priority is coaching and you just want to coach ball, all of these other things are chewing up your bandwidth, too. 
They're oh, like, you know I, what I, I mean? Agree. They're digging into yeah. the time that you can actually devote to developing talent and putting a successful scheme together. And if these guys are just ball coaches, most yeah. of them don't want to be doing those things. Again, I keep talking about how you always think that recruiting is a huge part of a college football coach's responsibilities, and it is. But now it's about retention. You don't just worry about the kids out there, the high schoolers and whatnot. Now you're trying to keep the kids that you yes. already recruited last year and the year before and the year before yes. that and convince them that your program is still the best place yep. for them. And, and I, I, this is, I'm not bragging in any way, so don't take it like that. But I started as a freshman and was all Big East as a freshman. Now under today's game, if Michigan came to me or Oregon or Texas after my freshman year, I'm gone. Bye-bye. See ya. I am out. Is that fair or unfair? I don't know. I mean, But I would be gone. And that's the headache because Boston College found me, but they have no way to keep me. Because I can tell you this, there ain't no NIL money at Boston College. Or if there is, there's very little. Well, I'm sure they've started it now. I mean, you cannot exist in that world without being able to offer it. In you some contributing? Way. Hell no. You got a little they collective out there? I don't owe them. <laughs> what do they owe you for? I made a hell of a lot more money from for them than they made for me. I had never had a job. Well... Is there any way I mean, of improving this? Is there any evidence? In fairness, to this? Bud, like nobody Playing? came to your games. Like are you looking, you you looking to collect the money that your dad paid to read a book while your team was on defense? Yeah, did you send the proceeds from your half naked picture <laughs> back to BC or something? That you no, <laughs> but there were eighty nine jerseys. I never got it done. Oh, yeah, that's true. And okay. they have changed that now, obviously. I didn't you realize know, they made jerseys back then. I do say that that is why what Washington did this past year was so impressive, guys. Because in the age of NIL, in the age of the transfer portal, that team was 4-8 and eight two seasons yeah. ago. And somehow, when Kalen DeBoer got there, he convinced all of those guys to stay. Because they all were going, what the hell, man? New coach coming in? I don't know. And then two years later, they're in the national championship game. Like, that's an incredible coaching job there. Oh, to say yeah. nothing of what he did on the field, but convincing all of those guys not to jump ship was really remarkable. And obviously now he's over at Alabama, you know, trying to continue his success there. I don't know. It does feel like college football is at an impasse right now. It does feel like, and again, we're talking about the Jeff Halfley element and what it means for the Green Bay Packers and the defense. But there's a whole slew of people out there today that are talking about Jeff Halfley and what his departure means and why that is happening in college football. I just find that to be fascinating. Isn't it? It's hard for me to really feel any sympathy to anyone like Jeff Halfley when all that's happened is the levers of power have changed. Mm -hmm. And it's shifted from the coaches and administrators to the players now. It's not run perfectly. We can all look at it very obviously. The NIL transfer portal probably should need, need some sort of guardrails of some sort. But at this point, all that's happened is the most lopsided industry is now not in the benefit of those people. So when Jeff Halfley decides, I want to go here because this is easier and better for my life, that's what these kids are doing. Yeah, sure. You know, it's so, a great point, but I also yeah. think like there are two schools of thought with the coaching thing as well, Josh. And I know we got to get to break here. One, you've got coaches who actually care about the power structure because of their own ego. Mm -hmm. I don't get that vibe from Halfley. Just from the stuff we've collected over the last 24 hours or so, I think he wants to coach. I think that's his thing. He's a ball guy. 
But you got guys who would rather be the face of programs and their faces on billboards and whatnot. And when you think of the program, you think of them. And those guys, yeah, I don't have a lot of sympathy for them. But guys who just want to coach ball and college football isn't the place where you can do that effectively and efficiently. I do understand why it's like, oh, I really wanted to make a difference in these young men's lives, but I'm not being given the opportunity. So I'm going to go coach in the NFL, where, again, I said earlier, it's easier. It is now easier to be a coordinator in the league than it is to be a head coach in college football. But, But, Jen, did Saban step down because now it's more difficult from him when there was no NIL? Hey, I'm getting every five star now. But now schools with deep pockets can steal the five stars away from him. I mean, look at how he attacked. Uh, Jimbo Fisher at Texas A&M. I guarantee that's part of the reason. I think the big thing here, and it's most relatively shown here with Halfley and BC, the middle class of college football is probably in big trouble. Yes. Totally. The ha- it's a, the haves and have-nots. Like the, the Michigans, the Alabamas, the Clemsons, Texas, they're going to have no issue with this because Mm-mm. they can just bring those guys in. But like... I think about the Ohio State quarterback. He basically got told, hey, you're not good enough. Sorry, we're moving on. So then he had to transfer. So, like, it's working both ways where people are getting rid of players just because they think they can upgrade positions. So maybe BC and schools like that are going to struggle, but it it is what it is. It's college football. It's money. Mm-hmm. All right, we got to take a break here on Jen, Gabe, and Chewy. Good stuff by everybody there. Uh, Gabe, we've got some guests coming in hanging out with us for the final segment of the show. And we'll take a break. This is Jen, Gabe, and Chewy. What we yes. need is a chart. And every week, we take the shirtless picture of Chew, and we move that to wherever the prediction is yes. of how many wins that they six, have. Six, eight, eight <laughs> six, seven, seven. I think that's how it goes now, right? Eight, and they six, lost seven, five, three, oh, nine. <laughs> on 94.5 ESPN. Here we go. It has gotten very crowded in our studio today. Gabe, what do we got going on? Who are our friendly guests? Uh, so, uh, you know, sitting straight across from me here, uh, my co-host on the tee, go still catch him, Bally Sports Wisconsin, with uh, right now Bucks coverage, Stephen Watson. And we're excited. Like, golf season just taking off. And last year, we had a new partner on On the Tee. Wisconsin Golf Trips, and the owner of that, Jason Coughlin, has joined us as well, and we started talking about this last season, and now, Jason, something has come to fruition, because last year, with Wisconsin Golf Trips, you guys had just started, you know, kind of booking people to come here, then you started going, wait, I live in Wisconsin, I can get people to Michigan and Nevada and and these other golf trips in the States, and then you started swinging big, and you started doing international golf trips. Yeah, it changed quickly. It, it, it's been a long time coming. And, uh, you know, my first trip over to Scotland back in 2019, a lot of people don't know that the Kohler Corporation here in Wisconsin, that Mr. Kohler bought the old course hotel years ago and that they found out about me and the business I was bringing to Wisconsin and said, Hey, we'd love for you to promote the packages we have here at the old course. So they invited me over. I got to learn a little bit about it. I've made multiple trips over since then. And the idea has always been, let's take a big group over there and meeting you guys was a, was a perfect Segway for it. Yeah. So we had the idea of, hey, we've never really done like a real like on the tee golf event. Let's take the biggest swing we possibly can. Yeah, we're just going to start in Scotland. And we we are announcing today that uh, ESPN Milwaukee and on the tee in association with Wisconsin Golf Trips, we are doing a Scotland golf trip. Um. So we're going to release a lot of the information today, some of it here. We're going to be releasing a podcast later today. Um, but some of the just kind of basic details of uh, it's going to be in October. 
uh, beginning October 12th. Uh, we're going to have five different golf courses, potentially a sixth, potentially a seventh, uh, as part of this trip. But we are doing, in October, a Scotland golf trip. Uh, you can begin signing up next week. If you're looking for more information, you can text GOLF to 800-990-3776 and get all the notes on this. But what are some of the highlights of the Scotland golf trip we're taking in October? Uh, mainly 24 guys. Uh, so the three of us hosting 21, 21 listeners, members, whoever wants to come. And uh, we've got a great lineup of golf courses. We've got two incredible lodging partners, uh, including the Old Course Hotel, probably the most famous hotel in the world for a golfer. Uh, the one you have to hit over on the 17th hole at the old course. Uh, and we've got ground transportation provided. We have dinners set up. Uh, and, again, between the three of us, uh, we will be great hosts. We've, we, we will have people waiting for us. I have contacts at all the courses we're playing, both the hotels we're staying at. We will be treated very well. And I just have to say, both of you have been there. This is number one on the bucket list for me. <laughs> it's exciting. So I'm fired up. We're, we're playing three of the top 100 courses in the world on this trip. It's going to be unbelievable. Uh, I did notice that it is in October. I have never been more confident that y'all don't want me there than when you <laughs> schedule something right smack in the middle of football season. So thank you for that. Well, let's uh, let's cut to the chase, Jen. And as long as your husband can come, everything's fine. Take so, him. Okay. Take him. We have it on record. Take Dario, you're listening. We have Take it on him. record. Great. Um, but why, why did we choose October? Yeah. You know, a lot of people want to know about the old course. Are we playing the old course as part of this package? And the answer is no. And again, we'll talk about that more in the podcast as to why, why that's not included. But we will give everyone an opportunity to have that day of waiting in line and getting out on the old course. And middle of October after the Dunhill Links Championship game that you know that, that's hosted in early October is is the best time to go, again, through my experience of being able to get on that golf course. Yeah, one of the, the most famous golf course in the world. So, um, again, some, some pricing, just, uh, you know, there's going to be, you know, open to 21 people starting next Thursday. Um, when, when we looked at this, you know, the three of us are going, we, we left an, op, uh, an opportunity for single occupancy. If, if you want to stay by yourself, um, that would be, you know, uh, about $5,800. Double occupancy, you're going to, with somebody, 18 of those spots are avail- available, $4,500. That does not include the flight over, but includes all the golf, our lodging, our ground transportation in Scotland, and because we know Jason, he has set up some pretty cool dinner opportunities for us as well over there. Absolutely. And and again, we'll talk about this more in the podcast, but the first place that we're staying for three nights, it's called the Hawkswood Country Estates, possibly Nirvana for a group of 24 golfers, private driving range, private short game area. Just It's just awesome. So we will have a blast for sure. It's going to be the ultimate buddies trip. Good Excited stuff, to guys. do it with you guys. When is the podcast dropping? Uh, the podcast will drop later today. On ESPN Milwaukee's ESPN, YouTube page yep, and whatnot. Yep, they, yep, check it out. Wisconsin On Demand, wherever you get your podcast. All right. Thanks for hanging out with us, guys. We appreciate it. And the announcement sounds amazing. We assume that Will D and Tausch will be talking a lot about the new defensive coordinator for your Green Bay Packers right now.